0: This is the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast with James Rapine and Daryl Ryder on 923thefan.com. What
1: up and welcome into another edition of the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. We are your beat writers for 923thefan and 923thefan.com. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm James Rapine. Great to be back with you for another week of fun here on the CSB, the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. We're going to talk... A lot of Browns today. Kareem Hunt eligible to practice. We're recording this on a Monday night. Hunt returned to practice today, so we'll get the latest on that. We'll discuss that, what impact he could have, plus the looming trade deadline. October 29th. It is just eight days away as we record this, so we can't wait to talk about that as well. And, of course, the offensive line issues in the Cavs. Their season begins this week. We'll talk about them a little bit as well, including get to your mailbag questions As well with the hashtag AskCSB on Twitter. But first, a quick reminder to subscribe wherever you get this podcast so you get it delivered right to your device, whether it's your smartphone, whether it's your iPad or anything like that. All you got to do is go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, look up the Cleveland Sports Beat podcast and make sure you leave us a five star review. Those reviews help more sports fans find this podcast and Daryl, let's dive into it now because the Browns' bye week is over. It is officially Patriots week. The Patriots, we assume they're going to be seven and zero. They're getting set to play the New York Jets this week, and it's regardless regardless of what happens tonight, it's going to be a, a really tough ask to say, hey, hey, Freddie Kitchens, the guy who got out coached, hey Baker Mayfield, the guy who's underachieved for the first six weeks of the season, hey Brownies, go uh, go up to Foxborough. Go handle business against the New England Patriots and the greatest quarterback-coach combo in the history of the game. But uh, that's the ask coming out of the bye week.
2: Yeah, but it would be so Browns for them to actually go up <laughs> to New England, play the game of their lives, and beat the Patriots, right? They have the talent, too.
1: You know, that they have the ta- And that's what's been so maddening about the first six weeks. And we, I, Obviously, speaking of talent, Kareem Hunt, I want to get into that. But this offensive line. You're not the only one, by the way. It it seems like almost everyone on the Browns beat is expecting a change on this offensive line this week. And as we record this, nothing's been officially announced, but it seems like left tackle Greg Robinson might not be in the starting lineup this week against New England. I see that, and and I really – not that Robinson's been good, but I don't see someone else who can come in and be better – like I I don't see another tackle that's like, oh yeah, he's gonna come in and, and, and be better than what Greg Robinson was, especially with what we've seen with Robinson last year and this year combined. I don't like this move. It feels like it's a move to make a move. I don't know if they're doing it uh now. So when they do trade for a left tackle, maybe it makes it easier. I don't know. But it but it seems kind of like a, a move just to make a move and it's not actually gonna help results.
2: Am I supposed to argue that point with you? No, 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 not argue it at all. Like I just I really don't I understand it. No, it makes I, no I, sense. I, I, I agree with you. I, I think it is I, I think it serves the the psychological purpose to, you know, show Baker Mayfield, hey, we're we're trying to help you out up front, uh, if you're insecure with whatever's going on up there. But I've said it. I, I just I don't think that this offensive line is as terrible. Now, it's not been great. It's not been good. I understand that. But I don't think it's as terrible as people want to make it out to be. Um, And I do believe that Baker's internal clock between his ears combined with whatever he's seeing out there, something's not right in both respects with what he's seeing develop on passing plays, as well as that internal clock. Because when he gets rid of the ball in less than three seconds, and I, and it's not a Baker thing. It's an NFL, it's NFL quarterback thing. Get rid of the ball real fast. You get a higher completion percentage. Good mm-hmm. things tend to happen. Yeah. When you hold on to the ball and you're having to run around like a chicken with your head cut off, uh, you're usually asking for trouble. Now, that's not to say that there aren't exceptions to the rule, because there are. But um, I think that Baker is uh, is off. And for whatever reason that is, whether it he whether he's injured and he's hiding it, whether he's not confident in the guys up front, whether he's not uh, reading defenses as well as he did a year ago, because now those defenses have uh, watched his rookie tape and have some tendencies. I certainly
1: think that's part of it.
2: Um, that this is part of the gro- you know growing pains and the process of uh, you know quarterbacking in the National Football League. Um, you know, talking to people and even on conference calls with coaches and, you know, they'll talk about how tough it is. I remember Pete Carroll, uh, before the Seahawks game, you know, we, he was asked about Baker and his growth and that. And he said, you know, Hey, you know, you Russell Wilson is still learning things. I mean, and he's an MVP candidate here and, uh, having an unbelievable year for this, for Seattle, he threw his first interception. I know, uh, uh against the Ravens it turned out to be a pick six of all things, but, um, you're con- you're constantly learning, you're constantly evolving, and Baker is, by no stretch of the imagination, a, f- a finished product. My concern is that now he statistically is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's my concern. Um, and I realize that sometimes numbers can be deceiving, but I am also a believer the numbers don't lie. And the numbers don't lie. Leads the NFL with 11 interceptions. Of the 35 regular starting quarterbacks that have been in, I, I think it's like 250 passes or something like that attempted. Uh, he is 33rd out of those 35 in completion percentage. Think about that. Uh, think uh, about that. He's at, uh, like a kid in Miami. Uh, and Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen and um, Cam Newton are the only two with a worse completion percentage than Baker Mayfield and, this and season.
1: I, and I don't mean to cut you off, but like that's it's Baker's
2: strength. Yes. Like, he's not an elite athlete. Like, a- he's he's athletic, but accuracy is like— Accuracy and completion percentage. That's that's, that's his—and he's not doing it this it, year. And so,
1: if he doesn't do that, that would be like saying, Odell Beckham Jr., his strength is what? Great hands and just
2: quickness? And Taking even, that away. You know, like, so— And also, I want to point out, though, that— because <clears throat> Baker mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, about, well, you know, some of those are throwaways. No, that's the other difference here— it's not like he's throwing a bunch of balls away to live to fight another day. He's forcing stuff in there. He rarely throws balls away. Last year, he was throwing balls away, but his completion percentage was still in the mid-60s down the stretch.
1: How many times? I don't even really recall. You know, he obviously, he's throwing the ball away. I don't recall many. I mean, he's always, like, he, holding the ball, like, four, five, six seconds. Like, if he yeah. gets pressured, he's rolling out, or he's backing up, or he's— uh, and, and so— this is what I would do if I was Freddie Kitchens. And again, I wonder if it's play calling, and I think it's not even wonder. I think it's a fact. His head coaching is being affected by his play calling and vice versa. You know, he's learning how to become a head coach right now while still being an offensive coordinator, calling the plays, and they are hurting each other. But to me, you got to make life easier on Baker Mayfield. Let's just pretend he's a rookie, right? If he's still a rookie. Well, he's playing like a rookie. We, correct. If he's a rookie with a, a so-so offensive line, and I think we could agree it's so-so, and maybe they add to it at the trade deadline. We'll talk about that in a little bit. What do you do? You should lead with the running game and really lean on it. Well, they'll be able to do that in two weeks. And that, And that's the thing, and that's what you got to see. So, to me, I've already marked New England down before the season started as an L. Like, even if the Browns got off to a, a crazy start and were 5-1 and one, and they go into this bye and they, they were, like, their full potential and they looked really, really good firing on all cylinders, wouldn't expect them to go to Foxborough and win. I've watched too many good teams go there on their first year of the big stage and they lose to Belichick and Brady. So I just wouldn't expect that.
2: So to me, 2-5. and five. Do you really think, based but, on what you've seen from Freddie Kitchens, and I'm not taking a shot at him, it's just reality, though, do you really think that Freddie Kitchens is going to outcoach Bill Belichick? Zero
1: chance. And Baker's not going to outplay Tom. So right. there you go. Like, that's that's just it. From what we've seen, it's not going to happen. Now, maybe something happens and it's an outlier and Jarvis goes off or OBJ goes off or Nick Chubb goes off. And that's my point. I get it. it Nick Chubb is, I think, third in the league among running backs in touches. Like, he's up there. He's He's got a lot of touches. Dude's
2: averaging 5-3 a carry.
1: But the run in this offense, and by the way, it is cold. It's It was a great day today in Cleveland. It will be cold for the rest of the Browns' home games. All right. So guess what? Pound the damn rock. Nick Chubb sets up OBJ, which sets up Jarvis Landry. Not the other way around. You want the ball out of Baker's hands at two and a half seconds. You know what you do? Set up the play action.
2: You do that by getting Nick Chubb going guess, right away. Guess what this offensive line does as presently constituted? Guess what it does well? Run blocks. Thank you. Yes. What well, doesn't it do well? It, pass blocks. And that's it, that to me. If you're
1: a big-bodied, strong offensive lineman, even if you you suck, right, even if you're really not that good, like you're not uh, quick on your feet, you can't get out there on the edge and stuff like that, you know what you can do? You can block the guy in front of you. And that's – sometimes it's not, but that's what run blocking is for the most part. Hey, go hit that guy and open up a hole so 24 can run through it. So it simplifies everything. Baker's still a second-year quarterback. Russell Wilson in year two – Everything was simple. He had a def- one of the best defenses in the league. He had Marshawn Lynch. He had all these things around him. Baker Mayfield, I think we all think he has the potential to be great. But that doesn't mean, hey, you're two. We want you to throw for 5,000 yards, even with these receivers. And-, and he might turn it around, and he might have a great final 10 weeks. That's fine. But use the run to make everyone's life easier. It makes Freddie's life easier. It makes them all and maybe you don't trust – What's behind Nick Chubb right now? Fine. But that Bills game, 40 to 45 touches between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. that That's what I'm thinking. That's how these Browns, this team, is going to not only tread water for the next few weeks, but get above water and get to where everyone yep. hoped they would, which was the playoffs. Absolutely. Because they have a good defense. The secondary's solid. Linebacker's questionable. But that line... Like, if that line's well-rested in the fourth quarter because you've been pounding the rock on offense, they're going to come after quarterbacks, man.
2: We have nothing to fight about today. No. I
1: agree with you 100%. And Kareem Hunt, I, I have a confession. We'll get to that now. I get it. I get why it was such a controversial signing. I'm excited now. Like, I'm excited. Like, when when I found out that he was practicing today, I wasn't expecting it. It came out of nowhere. I was like, oh, boy, Kareem Hunt. It was like It was like a... A trade deadline, we talked about it, 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 it'll come right around the trade deadline, like a trade deadline package that you know is two weeks away, and you get to unwrap it, and suddenly, that's literally, and I've talked to multiple, the best one-two combo at running back in the league. They have the best backfield in the league now, starting in two weeks, and I know you were worried about Hunt being ready. Now he's going to be raised two weeks well, yeah. of practice. Uh, well, That's
2: huge. Well, because it, at the time when we had that discussion, uh, yeah, he, it, he, well, he wasn't practicing. He, it, we, didn't we didn't realize know he was this. eligible. This was right. a
1: complete right. surprise, but it's such a good and, surprise but I because will tell he you, can get himself
2: ready. Yeah, and I, I will uh, tell you and our listeners that the Browns did know. The Browns had a had a good hunch that he was going to be allowed to do this. Now, uh, they, they didn't know definitively, but this didn't come out of left field for them. Um, but the approval, the the final approval from the league office was was uh, a, a pleasant surprise. And you're thinking in terms of straight football, and it, and I'm going to promise to keep my remarks on strictly football. You're right, strictly as uh, a football situation, this is fantastic for the Cleveland Browns. Um, his talent is. Elite, as is Nick Chubb. And I agree with you. This will be a perfect opportunity once they get to that Buffalo game and the fact that they have him practicing now because now they see what kind of condition he's in. They've got two weeks to get him up to speed. And now, as I amend my remarks from previous podcasts where I said that it might not be realistic till he's really ready to hit the ground running toward maybe the Miami game or after that, Mm -hmm. well, now I amend he's going to be ready to go against Buffalo because, again, they've got these two weeks to make sure that he is in the correct condition and also remember he's coming off that sports hernia surgery mm-hmm. that he had a cup. Uh, I think it was two days. It was the Thursday. Yeah. Two days. Cause the cuts were Saturday or the cut to 53 was Saturday. So it was two days before that cut. He had the sports hernia surgery. I believe it was on August 29th cuts were on the 31st, um, when he officially went on the reserve suspended, uh, by the commissioner list. And if my math is correct, I think because they traded Corbett, uh, they didn't make a roster move to fill that spot. So they have an open spot. So mm-hmm. they won't have to make a move, and I wrote about it in the notebook today. Now, if they fill that spot in the next two weeks— And I think
1: they could at the deadline, they, they, which we we'll well, Yeah,
2: if they make a trade or whatever, then they will then have to make another corresponding move. But as as we have this conversation today, they don't have to do anything. He can then he he, he can be activated my question, whenever and, and my, whatnot.
1: My sorry to cut you off. My question for you is: You were at practice. I've seen video from different people. Obviously, I saw your picture as well. He
2: didn't look out of shape. Like it didn't look like he had no, a he gut good. or anything. So he looked good. He was moving but well. Here's the here's the thing that you have to watch out for is, and this is with anyone coming back from an injury or time away, is you have to watch for the soft tissue injury. Yeah, he looked great. How does he feel For, tomorrow? How does how he, he feel tomorrow? Do, you know, do, you don't want to overwork him. Uh, he, he ran some scout team today, um, but you, you, you got to be careful so he doesn't pull the groin or the hamstring or th- calf. And they've or had what some I, of the this year, abso- Good job. absolutely. So they, it's great, but they also have to be very judicious in how they apply him within the realm of the practice, not to overextend him because now that he's practicing, if he gets hurt in practice, now you're really set setback so um i agree with you wholeheartedly that buffalo ground and pound
1: yeah and 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 the thing is is that it's in and i'm not saying dantra Hilliard isn't a good player because i actually like what he brings but against seattle how to use him against seattle if that's kareem hunt he catches that ball you know he catches that ball no. he might make a defender miss you'd like to think so sure. but but th- but that's what i'm saying is like the standard just goes up an, another level well, when you bring a, a cal- like when you're back up running back as Kareem hunt a year ago i a, a but year a, a year ago he was the best running back in football while people were making that argument
2: while i don't put uh and and i wrote this after the seattle game i don't blame baker for the three interceptions that he threw I don't think that they were necessarily his fault. That being said, I do believe the throws could have been better. Sure. The the one to Landry was awful. Right. Behind him, he barely got his hands on it. Right. So Baker needs to be better. Baker needs to put balls where they need to be. Uh, And that's the other concern that I have with Mayfield right now is the fact that he's not as precise with his throws as we saw a year ago. Because that's that's part of the reason that Dorsey drafted Baker. I mean, the guy was a precision passer. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the biggest
1: reason. Like you Which, know, like Lamar Jackson, it's his athleticism. Kyler Murray, athleticism. Baker, accuracy. Right. He was Which, more accurate than any quarterback in that draft by what, far.
2: And, and part of me want, part of me wants to believe that maybe there is you know something physically wrong with Baker that he's playing through. Mm-hmm. Maybe his arm got dinged up or something. We have no idea. That happens. I mean, these quarterbacks play hurt all the time, and they don't say a word. You know you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they don't end up on the injury report unless they've, like, left the preview. Like, Baker will probably on Wednesday he'll be on the injury report, full participant with the, the hip, Right. You know, um, but, you know, he's not 100%, but everybody in the NFL that plays quarterback is basically not at 100%, but they Tom Brady's never at 100%. The guys... God... I think the guy was around when they invented football, but um you know, he still plays at an elite level mm-hmm. when he's not hundred percent. So Baker has to and this is also part of being a young player. Baker has to learn how to do that stuff. Uh so I I don't want it to be like I'm just slamming the you know what out of Baker here, but the the fact of the matter is he has to elevate his play. We can talk about the precise route running of the wide receivers needing to improve. We can talk about the protections of the backs and the tight ends needing to improve. We can talk about the blocking up front of the offensive line needs to improve. I've named three things already. The quarterback's a fourth. So I've named four things, all that need to improve. It's not just Baker has to get better and everything's fine. It's not just the blocking scheme needs to be, or the the the, block, the protections need to be better and everything's fine. It's not the offensive line is better and everything's fine. It's not just the, the, the route running is better and everything's fine. It's all-encompassing. It's everything. Oh, and I didn't even mention the penalties. First and 20, second and 20, not good, not optimal, not how you win, okay? Those those are habits that they have that I'm not sold that they're going to be able to break. And again, I'm not hating on the Browns. I'm just giving you my opinion and my experience covering a franchise that masquerades as an NFL franchise for the last 20 years previous. They're legit this year, but in previous years, I can make a case that they didn't belong at the college level. But... Uh That being said, that, you know, this thought that all of a sudden that all these problems correct themselves or that all the penalties are just going to go away now because they had the bye week. Like, I just, I'm not sold that that's going to happen. If it happens, fine. Slap me some barbecue sauce on my crawl. I'll eat it. I'll love it. Okay. I hope I'm wrong. But I still have concerns that all these mistakes that we've had, sure, they might be reduced a little bit. I am worried though that the habits have already been formed.
1: I'm going to con- contradict myself here a little bit, real quick. Wouldn't
2: be the first time. Go be- ahead. Be-
1: because I-, I just said, you know, you need to set things up to make life easier on Baker. You need to run the ball. Freddie Kitchens is play calling. I've been very critical of Freddie. I think that's that's something I, I just I've destroyed Freddie, and yeah, he's it's deserved. Okay.
2: It. I mean, you you hate Freddie. We know it's I-
1: good. I was right, by the way. They should have hired Bruce Arians. Anyways. Um... <laughs>
0: And I'll, I'll say just, that I'll say
1: that even if they finish ten and I'm just, six, I'm just going to keep throwing you yeah, under the bus. Yeah, no, that's fine. Anyways, um, but but I will say this: Andrew Luck overcame a lot as a rookie, and and and, yeah. and a second year player in, in Indianapolis. Yeah, not 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 just Andrew Luck. Deshaun Watson overcame a lot, including a, a bad offensive line and a questionable head coach, and still does. And really, just finally got a, a competent offensive line this year, potentially with that that move that they made. Uh, before the season started like these top quarterbacks and I can't throw Pat Mahomes in there even though everyone loves him because he was dealt a uh you know he was dealt given a, a golden spoon heck with with Andy Reid and everything that he was born with his NFL life was born with there in Kansas City but the point is it's great over great quarterbacks overcome like yes like if Baker is who we think he is you're making the point that I just yeah, made continue no but but if he is who we think he is He will figure out how to overcome all those flaws. The penalties. He he will figure out how how to overcome the offensive line. Freddie Kitchens, how he's growing in. Like, all that stuff. Like, if he's great. Now, he might just be good. He might just be Phil Rivers. I hope not. but where, Where he isn't great. To overcome all these flaws, but he's really damn good.
2: But it, the Browns need him to be great. Let's make no mistake about it. I mean, I, and I realize the bar here is really low. They've had, he's the 30th starting quarterback, only one time back the playoff season. Tim Couch is the only guy to start all 16 games. That's actually where the quarterback bar here in Cleveland is. Can you start the 16 game schedule? Then let's evaluate your play. You snicker, but that's the reality. Like Baker's trying to be number two, okay? He's also trying to become, I I, I got a spreadsheet somewhere, uh, you know, it's it's a very uh, small club of guys that start consecutive week ones. I mean, so he's there's a lot of things that he's trying to, a lot of trends he's trying to stop, but they need him. They need him to be great. Average isn't going to cut it, okay? Like, they need him to be Drew Brees great. They need him to be Aaron Rodgers great because – they are the browns, and I don't say that hating on the browns, just unfortunately, this franchise has a black cloud hanging over it where if it can go wrong, it always does whether it's and, and a lot of it's been there doing, okay I've had a front row seat to this a lot of it's been there doing, but some of it hasn't they 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 have i i mean we could be here all night. I could tell you story after story after story of things where they have tried to turn it around and just a bunch of freakish crap has happened to them to derail their plans. So while yes, they had this franchise has been their own worst enemy. They've also had a lot of bad luck. And the only way to overcome all of that is to be great. Mm-hmm. They need Baker to be great. And I know that's like a really crap deal to throw on Baker's plate, but Hey man, you are the number one pick. You're a Heisman trophy winner. Like, you you're well, you you right now with all all the like the commercials and the 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 uh endorsements and stuff and I'm not criticizing but like you right now are being given the superstar treatment from that aspect you know what I'm saying like you're being given the so Peyton, you have to be it you're being you have given to the, live up right, to that you're being given the Peyton Manning treatment right now off the field so you need to live up to the Peyton Manning treatment On the field. And here's the thing you know how hard
1: it is, and Peyton Manning did this with Indianapolis, how hard it is to turn around an awful, historically bad organization. It is extremely tough, extremely tough. And you're seeing that it is hard to advance, not from bad to okay. We saw that last year, but the okay to good, the okay to great. It's a tough climb, especially for a franchise quarterback. He's Dale Ryder. I'm James Rapine. This is the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. We have a ton to get to on the other side, including the trade deadline. We'll talk a few minutes about that. Get to your mailbag questions. It's been a few minutes on the wine and gold. The Cavaliers, the regular season begins this week in the NBA. We'll discuss that too next on the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com
0: to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: All right, Daryl, the trade deadline of the NFL, October 29th. Just a week away. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's dive into it here because I would be shocked if John Dor- Dorsey doesn't make a move now, well, he's trying to make it, a move. It, it might not necessarily be offensive line where everyone's focused. It could be linebacker, right. which I, I think they could use. It could be heck. I could see him adding another defensive lineman if he, you know, if, if he thinks it's going to help them. They've went after the Gerald McCoys this year. You know, they've went after guys like that. So I wouldn't be shocked at that either. What say you on this trade deadline? Obviously, you're you're in Berea. You're covering the team on a daily basis. This might be our last pod before the deadline. Do you think they get something done? Is there anything that you're hearing? Come on, give us the dirt.
2: I think it's going to be tough for Dorsey to, uh, to get something done. I think he's going to make a move. I don't know the impact of the move or the, you know, the significance. I think he'll make a move. He's hammering the phones, especially the guy in Washington. Um, similar to what he did with OBJ. You know, the, it came out over the weekend that you know, he's been calling. I, I, I told you guys last week that he's been hammering Washington mm-hmm. to try and get Trent Williams, okay? It, it wasn't like, oh, he picked up the phone last week and called. No, 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 he's, he's been doing it regularly. I'd be done. I, I, I told you that can, long before that news came out. Can so, I give you a
1: take? Yeah. I don't want Trent Williams anymore. I'm not giving up a first and a second no. and another first and another second. Well, and screw here's, you, Washington. And, and, and here, I'm not doing it. You, you, you're a crap organization with a 31 year old who's been injury prone, and it's an offensive line starved league. And if you don't want to give them up, fine, keep them. I'll go find a lineman elsewhere. And I think that's what John Dorsey should do. He should go find a lineman elsewhere, and they can be had for cheaper than the Trent Williams asking price, which is apparently
2: sky high. Yeah, from what I understand. Sorry for cutting do- you off. It, it's Dorsey, so annoying. Dorsey does not want to trade the 2021 first um, round pick right um he would have no problem moving a player for a player and don't be shocked if that actually happens don't be shocked if they trade a player to get a player
1: i was surprised with the news that came out with Schefter on sunday i think it was Schefter oh was the, the, first the, the joel batonio uh, well, not the Batonio part because obviously the Browns aren't trading him. Hey,
2: may, uh, hey I got to cut you off. Imagine you're the Los Angeles Rams. This, this actually this this is a good. This is going to be one of those stories that I'm going to remember for a long time. There are many Brown stories to be told. Mm-hmm. This one is actually hilarious, but in a good way for the Cleveland Browns. Imagine you're the Los Angeles Rams. You pick up the phone. You call John Dorsey and say, "Hey, I want Joel Batonio." Okay. And Dorsey counters with, "I'll give you Austin Corbett." <laughs> <laughs> but but that's the thing the,
1: you're right it's hilarious because of the drop-off it's like our best offensive lineman oh no we're gonna give you this bus from last
2: year the thing that interest- i want joel batonio that's nice we're not trading joel batonio i'll give you austin corbett the, i get it the thing
1: that's interesting to me about this though what do we say about john dorsey oh he loves big names He's interested in guys he's been with. Marcus Peters could have been had. Austin Corbett for Marcus Peters. I think the Rams would have done that. Instead, they traded Marcus Peters for a linebacker who is only on special teams in Baltimore. I think the Browns preferred a draft pick over Marcus Peters because he doesn't fit anywhere. Where where are you going to play him? You have have a a secondary that you're comfortable Mm -hmm. with. I don't think John Dorsey wanted to reunite with Marcus Peters. I think that's a real thing. Otherwise, I think it would have
2: happened. Not only that, but what's that draft pick give you? Gives you an asset
1: to use now.
2: Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. But
1: that's the knock on Dorsey's what? He goes after big names and former guys that he used to. Kareem Hunt was with him in Kansas City. Goes after big names, OBJ. This is an example of him saying, no, I want the draft pick. Now, who knows what he uses that for? Me personally, again, I'm on the Cordy Glenn train. Now there's even more since we recorded our last podcast. Bengals and Cordy Glenn, <laughs> they head the headbutts. You know, they're button heads over this concussion that didn't and, and I made some calls about this. They don't know. The team has no idea when he suffered this concussion. It was a self-reported concussion, right? His teammates losing faith in Glenn on whether or not this concussion is real or not. Here's the thing the Bengals moved Glenn to guard in the offseason. Because they had Jonah Williams at tackle. I wonder if he was insulted about that or there was something behind it, or maybe he did suffer the concussion and he's pissed off at the team. Either way, he could be had for much less than Trent Williams. And you don't need this line to be great. You need it, I'll use a word, competent. You need the Browns offensive line to be competent, your left tackle to I be competent. I need a construction barrel. So I gu- need an obstacle. So guess what? Go get the competent lineman and Cordy Glenn for that Duke Johnson pick that might be a third could be a fourth, and call it a damn day. I think that'll be more than anyone
2: else will offer, and that, that's what I would do. So I, I, I'm sure after the whole fiasco from a few years ago, which, by the way, the Browns did the right thing, um, that the Bengals would be more than happy to do a trade with the Browns again. The Browns I, did as, the right thing. As, as, as I roll my eyes. Y- you
1: know when the Bengals asked for a second and a third, you know what the right thing is? Say no. Don't say yes and not do the paperwork, Sashi. Just say no. Well, Sashi didn't make the trade. That's why. Just say no, though. Don't agree
2: to it. Sashi didn't agree to it. He did agree
1: to it. Everyone agreed to it, but then he sabotaged it. No, Hugh Jackson agreed to it. Hugh Jackson's not making the trade. It's the GM. Anyways, yeah, it shows how desperate he was for a quarterback. That's what that
2: shows. AJ
1: McCarron. Guess where
2: where he is now. The stories of Brown's dysfunction, I could tell. Guess where
1: he is now. Do you know? Is he even in the league? Yeah, oh, he's Is a backup. He? Houston. Oh, okay. Good for him. Backup in Houston right now.
2: Yeah, good so, for him.
1: backing up to Sean Watson, who that, in another lifetime was the Browns quarterback, too. That Buffalo thing worked out well. Anyways, uh, shut up.
2: <laughs> After
1: they drafted Josh Allen, I was so low on Josh Allen, oh, man. I said A.J. McCarron would start for the Bills, not Josh Allen. I thought Josh Allen was going to suck. He's actually pretty good. I thought he was going to be awful. I, I did. Like, the reports of Dorsey liked Allen, I was like, huh, oh, stay away from Josh Allen but he's actually way better than i thought. anyways, let's keep moving. so trade deadline, you think i think he will do something. something. he's got to do something. gonna have to do something. i think he'll do something. give me a little something. i would try to trade antonio callaway, I, I, dude, which by the way at the draft, you happen. were like you were like no, you cannot trade antonio callaway. no, don't do it. yeah, you do. yeah, you do. you should have traded antonio callaway as i hit the
2: hit the table. ah There's a better chance they trade Rashard Higgins than Antonio Callaway. I know.
1: I know. I get it. But you know who has more value? Well, I don't know. I don't think either one has much value. And guess what? The Bengals don't want either of those guys. Maybe Callaway, but I doubt it. Oh, no, no, no. You're not trading those guys in the division. Oh, who cares? Who cares? In the division? Who cares? I hate that. Dude, as long as Andy Dahl is a quarterback in Cincinnati, it doesn't matter who's
2: catching passes it for eight yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, the Browns have made a few trades with the Steelers over the years that haven't panned out for either team.
1: Yeah. The Steelers got a lineman that the uh, the Browns can overpay? Chris Hubbard. That was a Chris Hubbard reference. I know. All right, let's keep it rolling. Let's dive into this mailbag. We'll, we'll have more on the trade deadline on our website, 923thefan.com, if anything breaks or anything. Obviously, we expect John Dorsey to be aggressive. It's in his nature. That's why we like him. Hopefully, he could get something done to, to give this – Boost give this team a boost. They're already getting Kareem Hunt back. It'd be nice if they could add to the line.
2: Do you, right. have, do you have uh, mailbag? Yeah. Is that what you're looking our, at? Our first.
1: And, and by the way, if you want to ask us a question, you could do so anytime on Twitter at Right or Wrong Fan at James Erpine. Use the hashtag AskCSB CSB, and uh, we can make those questions easy to find. So uh, get them in. Now, tomorrow, anytime, and we will answer them on the podcast.
2: All right. Uh, First question is from Josh. This is regarding Kareem Hunt. He says, so he's suspended for eight weeks but not allowed to return until week 10. I need an explanation. He isn't suspended for eight weeks. He's suspended for eight games. That's what you lead with? That is. uh,
1: I'm mad at you for that. That's fine. But 99% of our listeners got that. What's his name? josh josh okay so there you go i won't
2: read the handle because the handle makes no sense there's clarification
1: and i'm not trying to be mean to you josh i just that's what you lead with yeah you're supposed to lead with a home run anyways all right i
2: figured i'd start out with a single
1: yeah yeah that's fine all right so kenny says will the browns be buyers sellers or keep the roster relatively the same at the trade deadline
2: they'll be both buyers and sellers
1: i don't think trading
2: rashard higgins is selling anything you think if you trade a player you have sold something I don't think so really but in the context of like competing no they're not they're not blowing the team up they're not they're not selling a major star or a major component you know but they're going to in my definition here of selling mm-hmm. they're going to sell a guy that maybe they don't see as part of their future
1: can i ask you a completely ridiculous trade question that it would never happen but but i i hypothetical that I totally want to talk about that suddenly popped in my mind. Can I ask you?
2: I guess. All right,
1: let's make this part of the mailbag real quick. If the Cardinals called At you.
2: James Rapine on Twitter, your if,
1: question, please. If the Cardinals called right now, right now as we're doing this podcast, and you're John Dorsey, and said, Cliff Kingsbury's there, and Steve Kime with the Cardinals, and, and they're sitting there, and they say, hey, we want to give you Kyler Murray for Baker Mayfield straight up. What do you say? No. No, you don't even hesitate because you don't I, even hesitate
2: no, I, I don't because I I may I, first I, of all can I give you, you one more? Can well, I give you one on. more? Let me explain why oh, because God. if you're John Dorsey, if you trade Baker for Kyler, you're admitting you made a mistake on Baker. okay, okay so you have to like just like with Freddie. I'm not I'm not on the fire Freddy bandwagon. I'm on the you hired this guy, you made a decision, you need to support your decision and you need to do everything behind the scenes to support him in an effort to support your decision yeah. in a in a positive way, okay? Mm-hmm. Um so that's that that's just important for the overall success of an organization that, and I know some people think, well that's ego. You can't you can't admit that you made a, a mistake or whatever. No, It's okay. When you make when you make a big major decision, you kind of have to stand by it here. And I just no, I I you you gotta you gotta stay the course here and ride this thing out with these guys. And and hopefully, they figure it out. Because if they don't figure it out, guess who the guy's gonna go out the door? Freddie. And. Freddie first,
1: and then it'll be Dorsey, right? In that order, right? Um. All
2: right. By the way, I will say I I do believe Dorsey gets a second coach.
1: The Ravens call. Lamar Jackson
2: for Baker, straight up. Oh, that's. You know what? Lamar is. That's. Are you, are you considering it? Lamar is. Oh a, my no, God. hang on. Lamar is a fantastic player. I still have. You were
1: saying differently eight weeks ago. I
2: have. I told you. Will you let me answer your question? I told you Lamar was will great. Will you let me answer your question? I told at you he James was great. You just don't listen. Rapine. You just don't on listen. Twitter, at James Rapine on Twitter. You
1: just don't listen. Wrong. Right or wrong? I
2: would say that, no, I have questions about Lamar's longevity in the league. He's a fabulous player. He's electric. He's a pain in the ass to play against, no question about it. And what he is doing is somewhat transformative. I read a column this morning, uh, one of the National Guys wrote how transformative and in forward thinking the ravens are with how they're using him and mm-hmm. constructing that offense when you look at like his statistics yesterday in seattle especially his pass they they weren't great but they were good enough to win you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. they weren't elite but they were good enough to to beat a team who's considered to be in the upper echelon around well, the league well because so, if he
1: completes 56% of his passes he's also going to run for 86 yards and cor- that changes correct. things
2: yeah and when you can if you can pass for close to 200 and you get those extra 100 yards on the ground, well, guess what? That's 300 all-purpose yards. And if your quarterback's getting you 300 yards every game, guess you're usually going to win. So I still have reservations about his longevity and his health. Not him as a football player.
1: How long he can do what he's doing. Yeah. No, that's fair. I I would, uh, as of now, if you're John Dorsey, you can't really accept that Kyler Murray. It would be really hard. I would rather have Kyler Murray for the next decade than Baker, but I would rather have Baker for the next decade than Lamar Jackson. Yep. That, so that's where I got it. All right, all right let's got? continue the mailbag. That was a fun hypothetical. You didn't enjoy it as much as I did. Um. All right, I, I have some Cavs ones. You got any more Browns ones before we
2: transfer um, to the Cavs real quick? Hmm. No? You don't have any more? Well, I, a lot, lot of uniform and elf at the 50 yard line stuff, but. Everyone knows where I stand. There should be an elf at the 50-yard line, or a logo of some sort at the 50. They need to get rid of the stripes, put a brown script in the end zone, paint it like the old Cleveland Stadium, and be done with it. And that answers about eight questions on Twitter about that. That was a big Baskin and Phelps conversation uh, uh, earlier today that I chimed in on Twitter, and okay. I got a got a. Anytime you mention uniforms, brownie the elf, the orange helmet, and how the field gets painted easy money in right. this town to talk about. <laughs> all
1: right. Let's, uh, let's continue with the mailbag here and we'll transfer to Cavs. Talk about the Cavs a little bit here. Uh, Adam asks, is Sexton as in Colin Sexton on the trade block? He says, this is a serious question. He doesn't fit the coach's style. So just curious. Um, I-, I would say this, Adam, I-, I don't think he's on the trade block at all at this moment. Is there a scenario where Garland balls out and maybe they draft another ball? I E Lamello in the upcoming draft in June, and then Colin Sexton becomes a, a, a trade chip. There is that scenario, but I think right now the Cavs are hoping Colin continues to develop and shows that he can be that off guard and play well with Garland and be a better defender and really play off of each other. I think that's their hope. If it doesn't happen, they will adjust the plan. As of now, I think that is the plan. Um, they like him. They know he has his shortcomings, playmaking, uh, defense, You know some of his passing, etc., but he could score. He's improved uh, his shooting tremendously, and he could shoot the three. And, and is certainly a, a guy they hope can be part of their future plans.
2: I have a an Indians really question. All right, from a lot, and this is a uh, compilation. Uh, there was an article uh, in, I believe, the New York Times, one of the New York publications, talking about the Yankees needing to go big and go after Francisco Lindor. So the question is. How soon until Francisco Lindor is a member of the New York Yankees?
1: Never, never. The Indians should he should get extended tomorrow. I wrote about this last week. No, 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 no. no, no. It should happen.
2: I'm I'm not talking about should could. I'm talking about.
1: I think I think Francisco Lindor wants to end up in Chicago. Okay. I don't know that for certain with with the Cubbies.
2: I've heard the North Side. Yes.
1: Yeah, with the Cubs. I again, that doesn't mean he doesn't want to be in Cleveland. But if he ends up getting into free agency. I think Chicago would be near the top. Now, would the, could the Yankees convince him to come to freaking New York? Of course. It's the freaking Yankees. Um, but but I, I think this idea that, like I saw an article that the Yankees are Garrett Cole and Francisco Lindor away from winning the World Series. Hell yeah. You know who else is? Every other freaking team. Dude, if you had Garrett Cole and Francisco Lindor
2: to any team. Well, can they, the Indians go get Garrett Cole then? They become light years better. They become light years better. Oh, come on. You're not even going to acknowledge that? No,
1: I'm not going to acknowledge that because it's a stupid headline, and I don't care who wrote it either. It was ridiculous. (laughs) All right, let's, let's continue. I actually have one more Browns one. Okay, sure. Chris says, Kareem Hunt was cleared to practice. Does he play a down for the Browns? I say yes. Well, yeah. Okay. Of course he does. People are worried about that. I don't know. And then another one Chris says. Wait a minute. And
2: you're going to give me grief for explaining why Kareem Hunt can't play to week 10? I didn't
1: lead off with that. This is well into the. Dude, this was after my silly Kyler Murray hypothetical. Uh, Is Kevin Love still on the Cavs by the end of the season? No. Chris, I wrote about this, and it's up right now at 92.3thefan.com. Three. Count them. Three. Bold predictions for the Cavs this season. No, sir. Kevin Love. Out of town. And I get it. He he said he wants to be here. He's saying all the right things publicly. But I know for a fact the Cavs will entertain legitimate offers that, one, help them short and long term. Kind of like the Indians thinking when they had the, the trade of, of Trevor Bauer. And I think that there will be a team desperate enough, maybe a Portland, maybe it's Indiana, maybe it's Boston. I think Boston certainly uh, we'll look at it and consider it this year because I think they'll they'll feel like they can take down the rest of the Eastern Conference with one more move. So, yeah, I, I think that the right contender comes calling and, and gives the right offer. Kevin Loves ends up, ends up elsewhere before the trade deadline this season.
2: Molly uh, says, uh, am I the only one that thinks the Elf is creepy? No, you're not. But also, Molly, the Elf is awesome. And it's football. Creepy is okay in football.
1: Is it? Okay. Yes. All right. Let's see. I think... I think oh I got one more here Um, for a team that finished. This is Jeff for a team that finished as the dead last defensive rated team in the NBA. What have the Cavaliers done to improve that side of the ball roster wise and schematically? Well, one, they're hoping that Tristan Thompson stays healthy. I think that's a big part of it. I mentioned Colin Sexton. He was arguably their worst defender last year. He's much stronger. Uh, he spent some time this summer watching film, studying Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry, two really high-end defensive guards that are c- comparable size-wise to Sexton. So to me, it's just he's young. He's 20. He's a baby. I think people forget that. In defense, it's complex, complicated at the NBA level, more so than anything they've ever seen. So I think both him and Garland, they're going to have to take their lumps defensively, but they're both willing to work at it. Sexton's work ethic, extremely high. And, The other thing is, they're just not going to be that good. So defensively, I don't expect them to be that good either. Um, But the good thing is, is they're going to set up Kevin Porter Jr. and Garland and Sexton and and Dylan Windler and all these young guys. They're going to get a lot of minutes, a lot of reps, which is necessary if they're going to develop and be a a quality defensive unit.
2: Over-under for the Cavs wins, 21 and a half. You going over or under?
1: Um, I explain it a little bit more. Again, on my bold predictions, I have them at 21 and 61. So I would take the under.
2: I I would, I I would take the under as well. I you know here's my I haven't talked a lot about the Cavaliers and uh, well you're wrapped
1: up in the Browns, dude. You yeah, should. I've
2: been a little busy, but I still I I read what you write and I pay attention to what's going on. I'm sorry, with you're, the you're teams. stuck
1: reading that. That's rough.
2: I know. Uh, I ne- I really need some friends in the life, but um, here's just where, kidding. You
1: guys should read that at home. He, Go ahead.
2: He, here's where I'm at with with the Cavaliers and what they're doing. Understand this is this is going to be a very painful process for them to get back to relevance. Uh, this is going to be as difficult as the sixteen seventeen Browns was because they have torn this thing down. I like John Beeline, but when you're running college and high school drills in your NBA training camp, that's a concern to me. See, yeah, hang, on no, hang no, on. no, 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 no. no, 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 no I've heard you finish. say that multiple let, times. I'm not letting you let, finish because I've
1: finish. heard you say that multiple times. Let me finish. It's because the NBA changed its traveling rules, and they're – Being critical of it,
2: and Colin Sexton got called for
1: multiple, and he wants to avoid that, so he's trying to get
2: these guys used to it. Let me finish. Good God. And he himself has spoken about how he didn't install as much during training camp as he wanted to. I think John Beeline, in addition to the fact that this is a very young basketball team with, like, one really good all-star veteran on it, Beeline is I think going to start slow when it comes to adjusting to the NBA game. That's not an, hang on. That's not an indictment against him. Okay. I know some will take it that way. I was
1: just going to say that's typical for coaches in Cleveland. Look at Freddie, you
2: know, (gasps) wow. (laughs) Who's the worst
1: head coach in Cleveland professional sports right now?
2: Well, right now
1: it's easily Freddie.
2: No, I would say Beeline because he has, he hasn't lost the game yet. Correct. So it's Freddie. No, it's still V line What? Um, you mean he hasn't won a game yet? Hasn't won a game yeah. yet. But they, I, I really think that this is going to be a struggle. A lot of these guys that come off the books uh, are going to get traded if they can. Here's the other problem that they have is a lot of the restricted free agents are getting locked up by existing teams. The free agency pool's not going to be great next year. Whoever it they sucks, Whoever man. they sign is going to get overpaid, which is going to set the franchise... Like, it, this, it won't set this, the franchise back. They have money... But it that... doesn't... It, you, my point is, is this rebuild is going to be an agonizing rebuild.
1: Do they make the playoffs by 2022?
2: If they do, uh, well...
1: Do, does John Beeline make the playoffs?
2: No. Oh, come on. Nope. Come on. I, don't I think even, he'll be I'll, here. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I don't think John Beeline makes it to 2022.
1: I think John Beeline will be the coach here for the next five seasons.
2: I disagree. I think he will, he will try and teach these guys, these kids, the fundamentals of the game, which doesn't happen often at the NBA level, okay? Let's be honest about it. The NBA is not a teaching league. It's not... Play, it's not coach friendly. Mm-hmm. The players rule the roost in mm-hmm. the NBA. Beeline is going to be doing a lot of teaching. Okay. And mm-hmm. with that instruction comes a lot of growing pains and a lot of losses. And I think the Cavaliers are going to lose a lot of games this year. I think the Cavaliers are going to lose a lot of games next year, too. There's you're a gonna, path where gonna, they
1: are. Con- the, there's a path where they went 35 to 40 next year. Well, next year.
2: If they keep Kevin, which I don't think they're going Even to. Even if
1: they don't keep Kevin. So. They're going to make some kind of significant roster addition. Well, they're going to have to
2: make a trade. They're going to have to make trades to infuse this team with the type of talent that it's going to take to get them off the mat. Right now, they're on the mat. Um,
1: Well, well, the key to it is is Darius Garland being the star you think he can become. They, I don't think they think Collins a future star or all star, but I think they think Darius Garland can be that dude. Right, and he's young. It could take a few years.
2: It takes time. He's 19. He's played five college games. It's going to be a while. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep it real for Cavalier fans, though. You know, Oh, it'll be painful. T- it's it's going to be a painful year. Beeline's going to be learning on the job. I think
1: it's going to be an interesting year, it, though,
2: because you're going to have
1: storylines all over. You
2: took the words right out of my mouth. It It's going to be painful, but it's going to be intriguing. It's mm-hmm. going to be intriguing to watch these young kids because Beeline is going to be doing a lot of coaching, not just go out there and play and here's how you defend this team, No, here's, you know, and I realize, I, like you earlier, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. I think that his emphasis on the fundamentals and the little details of the game, that you don't see a lot of at the NBA level. Because, again, it's just you guys go out there and play. You're stars. Go win us games. Well, the Cavaliers don't have stars yet. They have Kevin Love, you could argue, is still a star, this is not a team that is built to win. This is a this is a developmental team. This is a project team. And I think fans just need to be very realistic about their expectations. I think that there's going to be stretches where they're just going to be fun to watch. But I also think that there's going to be stretches where watching paint dry is going to be more entertaining. And that's just going to be part of the process.
1: Yeah, I'm right. I, I'm, I'm right. I'm with you. I'm right or wrong fan. That's why you should follow Daryl on Twitter. You can follow me at James JamesRapine.com. This is fun as always, and I encourage you guys, go to 923thefan.com, bookmark it. You're going to have everything there. If there's any Indians news, we got you covered. But now I'm on the Cavs beat, he is on the Browns beat, and we're going to have you covered each and every week as well on this podcast. What do you got?
2: And it's free. No subscription required. You don't have to register for anything. You can get all your
1: news. It's not five views. You can come there every single day, every second, and go back and read the same
2: article 52 times. Little something about me. My favorite four-letter F-word, free. My second favorite four-letter F-word, food. I'll let you guess the third.
1: I'm hungry. I'll tell you that much. I'm free. It's dinner time as we record this. Make sure you subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. And until next week. When we'll talk about this Browns game against the Patriots. Thank you so much for listening to the Cleveland sports beat podcast.
0: Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can waste another weekend doing the same old, whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper, the better,